Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Social Room Podcast, episode six. I took last week off. I was in West Virginia. I went with my girlfriend. It was a lot of fun, but I'm happy to be back in the seat to record a new episode for you guys. Um, I liked the informal nature of episode five, where I talked about uh, the superconductor LK99 that's kind of completely fallen off (laughs) the news since I talked about it. So it really was a big nothing sandwich. But uh, I think I'm going to start graphing my scripts a little differently uh, than what I've been doing because last week, or the last episode rather, it was completely unscripted off the cuff. And I kind of want to go more towards that. Uh, I do want to keep some structure. So I'm going to have some like main talking points, uh, specific citations for evidence, but uh, leave the discussion vague um, on like specific guidelines that I've put down to allow for a little bit of a more conversational listening experience for you. I think that not only like allows for a more enjoyable listening experience for you, but also keeps it a little easier on me because not only does preparation take a lot of time with the research that I've been doing, but filming the episode is a little bit more fun for me. So with that out of the way, I want to get started with the news and we got a few things to discuss. Um, Sam Bankman-Fried, the mastermind behind the defunct crypto marketplace, FTX, has been sent back to jail in violation of his parole upon alleged witness tampering right before his court date in October. He was formerly staying inside of his parents' house in California, but upon discovery that he was tampering evidence, uh, they sent him away right, uh, <laughs> right before you know a piece On the investment arm of FTX's CEO, Caroline Ellison, Bankman-Fried sent the author of this specific piece um, significant evidence from her diary via Google Drive. And, uh, you know, she's going to be the chief witness, and he's trying to put in some intimidation tactics, possibly some slander, some things behind the scenes to make her look bad before she takes the podium. Keep in mind, though, that Caroline Ellison is not only the chief witness in the case against Sam Bankman-Fried, but also his ex-girlfriend. So uh, (laughs) there is a little bit more than just uh, a business dispute here. Uh, Go figure. The problem with this, though, uh, is the fact that now he's in jail, despite the fact that he was involved with witness tampering, which is a crime. uh, They're allowing him in the jail a laptop (laughs) surely this isn't going to happen again, right? That someone with a backdoor like into his crypto exchange wouldn't do something to a little bit suspicious again, wouldn't uh, tamper with witnesses before his court date again with his laptop that he has. Um, Second up, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Everyone seems to be cloning social media apps these days. TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, is pushing really hard on their Instagram competitor, Lemon8, an app that I had no clue existed at all. But that's not the fault of my own. United States users only make up about 7% of their 200 million downloads, which makes up 14 million or so. And that sounds like a lot in a vacuum, but remember how many users Threads had in its first week, which was like 100 million? And Lemon8 seems to be uh, using your TikTok account for posting on its platform, similar to the way that Threads used the Instagram account in the same way, um, which is a good idea. I explained that in the Threads episode that it's a good way to um, supplement growth because starting a new social media or s- social media platform is really hard. Um, 
there's mainstays and the reason that they're there and so immovable is the fact that they have the structure to support that many people on the platform. So like making a Twitter clone is easy. Serving a text post to one user is easy. But when you scale it to the millions upon millions, it gets a lot harder. Uh, I think Lemonade's going to be most popular in Asia, as it already is. But I'll keep my eyes on it in case it breaks out like TikTok did in the United States. Also, uh, Twitter clones, talking of, looks like Tumblr has updated its app UX to look like Twitter. Oh my goodness. Everyone's hopping on the dog pile. Uh, <laughs> it's not sure how this one's going to work out. But uh, apparently when Elon Musk took over Twitter in November... Uh, this Tumblr CEO reported a 58% increase in iOS app downloads and a 57% increase for Android users and their app downloads. Um, and it looks like they caught about 880,000 new downloads in November from both iOS and Android. So it looks like they've got a new audience to serve. Why not, I guess, change it over to look like Twitter? And this is also like Tumblr. Like it, they used to be huge and famously they lost a large portion of their user base by removing adult content, which is, I don't know, weird. So we'll see how this pans out for them, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> another thing to keep your eye on. I mean, Threads tried to do the same thing, and look at where we're at now. Speaking of, as of July 31st on Threads, the daily active user count is down 82%. Uh, anecdotally, I can confirm that my uh, active user count and my usage has dropped by 100%. I don't think I've opened the app since I first talked about it in the first episode of this pod podcast, which is funny because I was, like, totally on Team Threads. Um, but, like... This is no surprise. There's no support for emojis or hashtags, or at least it didn't ship with any. Um, there's no, There was no desktop version, and there still is no desktop version. There's not a viable explore page, no exclusive following feed. The ads manager isn't there, and that's the most probably important thing for businesses in that aspect. Uh, highlighting again the issues that I mentioned earlier of setting up a new social media service in this age. Especially with revenue for creators and businesses, there's a duopoly between Alphabet, who is in charge of Google, and Meta, who is in charge of Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, whatever. Um, their advertising structure, you know, allows the incentive for businesses and content creators to grow with their app. So, you know, it makes people want to use it and want to gear having a career. Or if they're an already established business, it allows them to diversify their portfolio and get new business out of it. And that's how, and TikTok's kind of catching up too. Um, maybe Lemonade will pan out, but it's, their monetization model is really not that great. And they're also extremely expensive on their advertising like avenues. So it's not super sustainable for small to medium sized businesses to drive traffic uh, on TikTok. Uh, I can only hope that like Lemonade allows ByteDance to have their creators monetize a little better. Um, but honestly, Probably not. And same goes for Tumblr. I wouldn't mind to see a resurgence of Tumblr, but obviously if you want to drive creators, you have to allow them to work and express themselves 
on their on your platform so i mean that's why twitter has such a big art community that's just a big thing and tumblr used to have that too but uh that's enough news for today uh the main discussion topic is the inf the influence of well influencers on a brand i originally walked into this episode um or at least started researching about a week ago and i wanted to talk about uh counter-strike uh, skins, gambling, and crypto casinos and how it exploits consumers and isn't really regulated at all, even though it is clearly gambling. But something big kind of broke out on the YouTube scene that kind of affected uh, the way that I watch YouTube personally. Uh, there is a large channel called Linus Tech Tips. They have about 15 million subscribers. And historically, they've been around for a long time. Uh, Linus himself started the channel and it just began as, you know, tech reviews, informative, kind of like fun, witty tech reviews. And obviously they've grown since then. Uh, Linus Media Group is the umbrella company that started over Linus Tech Tips and their other channels, Tech Quickie and like Tech Linked and so many other channels. They make content like nobody's business. And that seems to be part of the problem is that uh, they have been churning out a video a day on the Linus Tech Tips channel and like twice or two to three times a week on other channels. So obviously there's a huge amount of content being pumped out by this business that has about 100 people, uh, which you'd think would help out the validity of the claims and their research and the things that they bring to the table in each video. But it turns out it's been quite the opposite. Um, there's been a lot of misreported things, especially now that they've, uh, Linus Tech Tips has moved into creating more informative and like tested uh, reviews where they have actual data that they've uh, made in their lab. And a lot of that, since they're new to the space, they've gotten wrong. And perhaps have completely misrepresented a product uh, to a consumer. There was a uh, there was a mouse that they recently reviewed, I think, last week, and they had such a big claim that the friction of the mouse was off. You'd expect a mouse, like a gaming mouse, to be smooth and easy to operate and glide across your mouse pad, but this one was just not it. And it made it terrible to use, but it turns out they just never took off the protective plastic cover on the bottom of the mouse, which is like such a huge oversight. And then when the brand was like, hey, Linus Tech Tips, like you guys did not remove the protective film. They were like, uh, we didn't see one. So we kind of did. Uh, Linus steps in, says, holy shit, that's like such a bad mistake. How did you guys miss that? And then... Uh, Earlier on, they kind of misrepresented the smaller brand and their water cooler and said, you know, it was just kind of a giant piece of junk and it was a prototype. And instead of giving the prototype back to the company, they auctioned it at their uh, creator convention that they recently held. So a YouTube channel named Gamers Nexus uh, re releases kind of like a dossier on them and, you know, just goes through the points about what they're doing wrong to provide specific examples of what's going wrong with their company and you know 
Linus Tech Tip comes out and they're like, hey, we're going to take off like a week, two weeks and uh, take a look at our processes and make sure this never happens again, which is like such a great idea. But this is a big problem, especially for uh, small to medium sized businesses who want to get into the social media scene and perhaps partner with influencers and content creators to promote their brand. So in a lot of classes and in a lot of certification exams that I've taken uh, since I began my journey in uh, digital marketing and social media marketing, one of the processes that a lot of them recommend for large businesses is uh, partnering with content creators, hiring content creators, or having you know influencer takeovers to promote their brand and also promote the influencer. It's a kind of like a symbiotic thing because uh, they have an audience, you have an audience, why not combine them together and both reap the rewards from that? However, as we can see from Linus Tech Tips and the big point that Gamers Nexus brought up against Linus is the fact that when they misrepresent information and give a bad review off of data that they tested wrong, um, it can completely ruin the viability of a product as soon as it hits the market to the consumers and give the bad give a bad idea to people before they buy it. And Linus has 15 million subscribers. And if he says something is terrible and you shouldn't buy it, and he provides this information that you think is correct but is actually not, this could completely ruin any chances of you buying the product. Um, obviously, this isn't a big issue with, like, NVIDIA. Like, let's say they release a 50 series graphics card and the 5090 Ti is so bad and like explodes as soon as you put it in your <laughs> in your computer. I know that's a bit hyperbolic, but like Linus releases a video and says the 5090 Ti is terrible. Like Nvidia is going to be fine. Like they're a huge company and one of the top 5 tech stocks right now. Like they're going to be good. But let's say a small startup company like the one who created the monoblock CPU cooler that I was mentioning earlier. And Linus says, hey, this is like the worst. Never, ever buy from this company. Like this is a giant waste of time. Like these people don't have the funds to withstand people boycotting their brand or intentionally not buying it because a creator said that it was terrible and they shouldn't use their service. Now apply this to anything else. You have a business-to-business -business, um, recruiting app or something and you're just getting it off the ground as a startup tech software company and you're trying to market to different businesses and you get a partnership with a big company or big, you know, business influencer YouTuber and they say, hey, this product is terrible. What happens to your company now that you have someone with such a large following and such a large base that listens to them while you have 100,000 sales in a year, $100,000 in sales in a year. Like, you're over. And it's already really hard to start a small business. So if you're partnering in the online space with somebody who does not, who is not tactful, who misrepresents your brand and gives you a negative portrayal in the public opinion, you could be through. And I think that's something to consider whenever you're going to partner with 
content creators, influencers, um, people directly outside of your business. Um, because if they misrepresent your company, you're kind of over. And that was something that I've kind of, um, I kind of uncovered in a few older clients that I worked with, uh, for social media marketing is that like we released something as an agency that the client was really not happy about and it looked really bad on them because it wasn't something that they sold or something that they stopped selling. And something my old boss used to uh, say is like death by a thousand cuts. And that's absolutely true. Where like Linus Tech Tips, for example, has all of these little small mistakes and just one is fine. Let's say you've got the coefficient of <laughs> something that you're measuring your CPU cooler on. Just so small. But when that keeps happening every single video, you can really diminish your credibility as well. I know this was about, you know, partnering with influencers, but uh, that was just a tangent. Anyways, um, just keep in mind because it is such a tightrope to walk trying to maintain a growing social media presence and trying to make all the right decisions can be overwhelming. And while I'm not saying stop partnering with social media influencers, with content creators, with digital marketers in an agency, as a small business, just make sure you know who you're talking to. Try to verify the validity and integrity of the person that you're working with because Nothing is worse than having someone misrepresent you, especially as a business. So, um, that's all. I think next week I'm going to talk a little bit about the crypto casinos. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting th thing to dive into. Um, I also, alternatively, uh, kind of wanted to talk about React streamers a little bit. Uh, that's something that's really been going on in the YouTube scene lately, where people have just kind of like been reacting to content that's not really theirs um and getting the profit off of it on twitch and you know the main corporate of this is like xqc who's the guy who just signed like the 115 million dollar deal with kick so these people are you know getting the getting the money for things that just kind of sitting there and eating popcorn and like drinking soda and like some of them provide like valuable input. I'm not going to say they're all garbage, but like that's something that we may be able to dive into. And, um, the, the pillars of fair use and how like they're violating it. And as a content creator, you should follow fair use principles. Uh, I think that would be a good idea for next episode. So, uh, in the comments of YouTube, uh, or you could just email me. Just let me know what you think. I know there's uh, quite a few of you watching now. So uh, just keep me updated and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in, listening to this podcast, and I appreciate you all. Have a good one.